This episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Y'all know I love my Built Bars. I don't know how many times I need to tell you, but if you haven't gotten on this Built Bar bandwagon, I don't know what you're waiting for. They just dropped six new flavors back in August. They're selling like hotcakes, but it's cool. Don't be discouraged. Don't be afraid that if you go to place your order, they're not going to be there. Uh, There's no shortage happening over at Built Bar. Use my name, Lisa Page, no spaces. You'll get your discount. Personally, my favorite and very seasonal, we have the carrot cake with walnuts and the banana bread with walnuts. Now, if you're not a nut fan, it's cool because with Built Bar, they actually make the bars that contain nuts in a whole separate warehouse. So you're good, girl. Again, that's BuiltBar.com. Lisa Page is your code. Today's episode, I have been telling you guys about all week long. We touched on tablets and screen time a lot lately, Stu and I. And then last week on the Chad Prather show, we were talking about, in general, kids getting addicted to their tablets and smartphones. So I thought, what better person to have on than my friend Jessica, who is in marketing, in social media, like this is what she does. She actually does like presentations at our school to kind of like safeguard and really pretty much bring all the parents up to date with what's actually going on psychologically in our children's heads and how we can protect our children from the crazy, psychotic, creepy weirdos that are lurking in the endless stratosphere stratosphere (laughs) of the internet. So Jessica, thank you so much for coming by. She lives like five seconds away. So this has been very easy. Yes, This has been a very easy guest to book. Um, So Jessica, there's so much to go over. And to some, it can be a little overwhelming. For sure. So where do we even begin? First of all, let's start with the ages of our kids. You and I both have daughters, same age, same grade. Mm Mm-hmm. Our daughters are eight. Well, my daughter's eight. Yeah. Oh, Ainsley's seven and a half, but they're in the same class together. <laughs> this is like the third Second year in a row. Grade. Second grade. Second grade. And then I have a son who's in third grade and you have... I have a son who's in fifth. So he's 10 going on 11. Blows my mind. But this is now the age where parents are like, oh, I'm considering getting my child an iPhone. And you're like, uh-huh, what? <laughs> Can you just pump the brakes for a quick second and think about what you just said? Like, Yeah. There's a lot of people that I know that are like, hmm, my daughter's 12 and I just got her a phone. Or my daughter's 10 and I just got her a phone. And I'm like, you got her a, 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 a what? what? What are you doing? Hey, do you uh, live under a rock? Like, have you heard what's going on in the world right now? And that that's not right. So there's a new documentary that just came out. It's called The Social Dilemma. So the other day when Jess and I were setting up our little podcast recording, she's like, okay, here's your homework. You need to go watch this documentary. Yes. And holy heck. Yeah, it is eye-opening. So there's two documentaries right now that I think every parent needs to just stop what they're doing, pump the brakes, and go watch these. Um, The first one is Childhood 2.0. And if you just Google Childhood 2.0, they have their own website, but really they just for the film they redirect you to their youtube page and that's where you watch it it's an hour and a half some people might be like wow that's really long but you need to watch the entire thing from start to finish can we play the um the trailer here yeah okay let's play the trailer this is for childhood 2.0 a long time ago families were in communities they were local they were small i was born in the very depth of the great depression i was put to work carrying wood carrying water i knew how to shell peas i knew how to break beans we still didn't have electricity i have 
two Instagram accounts. I use uh, Instagram, Snapchat. Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. TikTok and Fortnite. I can just scroll for hours on end. 11 hours a day. It's been eight, nine. Maybe like 12. It's actually been a way that we can keep track of them out there in the real world where things really are scary. The lives of kids were sort of changing slowly for a while. And then all of a sudden, most kids were able to get on social media and that's when everything skyrocketed. The rates at which they're experiencing problems continues to increase. We also know that the teen suicide rate increased 56%. Last year alone, we received over 18 million reports of international and domestic online child sexual abuse. We have traded a false sense of safety and security for actually putting our kids in riskier situations. I call it the race to the bottom of the brainstem. So it starts with techniques like pull to refresh. Pretty much every guy has like an addiction to it, but oh, yeah. no one talks about but it. But it's just faster now, and it's younger. Well, yeah, like nudes of girls go around the school all the time. At the beginning of the year, there were multiple suicides before school even started. There were men that wanted to talk to children at all hours of the day and night. Girls be shy. On Snapchat, one thought it'd be a funny idea to talk the other one into committing suicide, and she did it. She's dead. After about six weeks, we were able to crack his phone. Kids right now are going to experience the worst of what we're going through. I won't nervous. It's the worst for everything. Do you think your parents know that this happens? No, no, no. My kid won't do that. My kid would never. My kid's school isn't like that. You're wrong. Because what they see, they feel neurologically compelled to do. Right now, we're effectively living in an experiment. How is this gonna affect us? We'll find out. So informative, and I know that a lot of times parents kind of take the stance, we're like, oh, well, that's just a scare tactic that they're using. And I mean, a whole part that they have in that, and I've, I've shared that little soundbite, is um, an FBI investigator who literally, that's all he does is, you know, try and crack down on these pedophiles and all these kind of things. He said, there is literally an epidemic going on right now, and it's called NMK, not my kid. Not my kid. Not my kid. Not my, not kid. my kid. Not our school. Right. No. We go to a private Christian school. No, not in my church. Not in the And he said, You guys, it has nothing to do with the character of your child. Your child can be the most responsible, respectful, perfect athlete, perfect school per- or student, perfect everything. They are not neurologically able to combat what you're putting in their hands. And you're just saying, I'm going to take the risk. It's fine. My kid's responsible. Yes, your kid's responsible. But why would you do that? Like, right. why would you give them that? It's basically like a drug and saying, I think you're responsible enough not to get addicted. I think you're responsible enough to, um, and like, I always say, if you somehow have the child who can combat peer pressure, what's your secret? Mm-hmm. How'd you do it? You're the first parent in the world to convince your tween, 10-year-old up through 18-year-old, 19-year-old how to not give in to peer pressure. How'd you do it? Right. Like <laughs> Share that secret with Whatever me. secret medicine that you've, why haven't you patented that yeah. and trademarked it? Yeah. So where do we even begin? Because there's so much to think about, especially during quarantine. Yeah. A lot of us were like on their devices, right? Buy them a Chromebook. Mm-hmm. I mean, even our school sent out an email that said, we only have so many that we can bar- let you guys borrow. We suggest you go buy an iPad. We suggest you go buy a Chromebook, like based on what grade they were in and mm-hmm. what, and what they needed. And I, I mean, I literally was like, pump the brakes time out. You guys, why don't you at the same time say also, here's how to set it up with parent controls. Like here's how to protect your kids from it because you're just, that's another problem, right? Is 
the world is going to continue to use technology. Right. The schools are going to continue to use technology. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. So mm-hmm. the parents are going, well, we can't fight this. And I'm sitting there going, no, you guys. But you, you can. You can. You fully can. You can set up the perimeters. You can have the talks with your kids. You can continue the dialogue. You can, and you know what? You can push back. Mm-hmm. Like if the school says, oh yeah, your phone, need, your kid needs a phone in class. Mm, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to I'm going to call you out on that one mm-hmm. and say, no, my kid doesn't need an iPhone. Mm-mm. And if they do, you need to tweak your, you know, your program because Mm -hmm. no, there's a lot. And I know that it's really overwhelming for parents. And I always preface all of our tech talks that we've had at school. We've I've given one at our church. I always preface it by saying, I am not a perfect parent. Mm -hmm. No, there is no no. such thing as a perfect parent. We do not have it perfect. Right. I come at it with grace and love and say, I love you as a parent because you're a child of God and I want to help you. I do not want to just scare you and then not give you the tools to protect your kids or to do what you need to do to effectively, you know, get the job done. But I do want you to know what's going on out there. I want you to open your eyes. Please don't bury your head in the sand. Please don't immediately get defensive and say, not my kid, not this, not that. Because the reality is, it is not if your kid sees this, it's when. Yep, it's a matter of it when. It is mm-hmm. when. The new, and I say new, but it's been this this for six years now, seven years, the national average that a child has seen pornographic content is eight. That's our son's age. And it's not like people think, oh, well, in our house, we don't allow that. In our house, we don't. guys, you're, they're not with you all day long. Right. And there are kids in the classroom. And yes, if you have a good school that, you know, all the parents seem to be on the same wavelength as you, it does not mean that they know how to shut down their kids' devices, that they have clean browsing set up in their home. And then what happens when a kid sees that? You think they're going to always go to mom and be like, look at what I saw. Mm-hmm. First person they go to, your friends. Mm-hmm. You come on the playground, you'll never believe what I saw. I'll never forget in third grade, we were giving a boy a ride home from football. I knew he had a cell phone. I knew he had an iPhone. Broke my heart. His parents were children of divorce and they're mm-hmm. splitting time. And so they always try to justify that. Yep. I need to get a hold of my it's kid. A, it's a guilty gift. I need to get a hold of my kid. I'm like, hey, do you know how many devices exist that aren't smartphones? Mm-hmm. Um, my kids both have gizmo watches and they can call me anytime they want. They can text me anytime they want. But we're in the car. He's in the back. And I, I have a policy. Any child that is in my care, I tell them we have a no phone policy. Mm-hmm. You put that away. That is smart. And so they all know the rules and they know. And I'm like, if you need to get a hold of your mom, by all means, like I will help you get a hold of your mom or I will say, sure, take your phone out right now and call your mom or text your mom, but then put it right back away. And so we're in the car and he's like, Hey, I want to show you this video that it's like one of my favorite videos. It's super inappropriate, but it's really funny. And I was just like, and you're driving and you're like, yeah. um, mm, mm. and I was like, back it up. <laughs> uh, what are you just like? And he was like, Oh yeah, but it's fine. Like you just know that it's inappropriate. And you just know not to repeat it or not to whatever. And I go, no, that is like the, the, the whole, you know, you can't put the two, you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. Once it's popped once out, it's popped out. once right. you have these images in your brain, they will never go away. And he goes, okay, well then let me just sing you this song. It's really inappropriate, but it's really funny. And I was like, no, oh my gosh. So what would have happened if that conversation transpired when I wasn't in the car? Oh yeah. Well, your son would be exposed to something that you would probably have nightmares about. Hundred And so would him. And he would have, and the reality is also parents think, 
oh, I've got an open dialogue going with my child at all times. And I say, you can tell mommy anything. You can tell mommy anything. The reality is they are not going to tell you. Mm -hmm. They're not going to tell you. And if they do, that is amazing and awesome. But I just have, I had a mom approach me this week after I shared childhood 2.0. I'm like sharing all this stuff on my Facebook and trying to get the information out. And she said, we recently found out that a girl in my daughter's grade three years ago when she was in fourth grade was sending her inappropriate text messages to her iPod. And she was like, she didn't have a device, She didn't have a phone. She didn't have a tablet. All she had was an iPod. And she said, we had shut down like the internet, all the things, but kept messaging because we thought, you know, who's going to message her on her iPod? And like, if we want to message her that, you know, whatever. It went on for a long time. She sent her super inappropriate, bad things. And she waited an entire year to tell her parents because she was, you're embarrassed, you're scared, mm-hmm. you're, I'm going to get in trouble, mm-hmm. she's going to get in trouble, I don't want her to get in trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said, so here we are, and my daughter's traumatized, and we're trying to work through that right now and help her cope and give her life skills to get over what she's done. And now I'm like, well, we haven't even had that conversation with their parents because this just came to us. And so I got to go find that parent and tell them, and I'm scared. And I'm just like the amount of stories that this exists. And and for the older kids, right? The mm-hmm. tweens and the teens, I have spoken with teens and tweens who have straight up said to me, oh yeah, absolutely. Gross people have propositioned me on Instagram. People have bullied me. People, boys have sent me nudes. Boys have asked for nudes, like as early as 12. Mm. And I say, did you tell your parents? Oh gosh, no. They'll take my phone away. They'll take my iPad away. Mm. They'll take it away. You guys, why are you? Why do you think that your child would just like unload and be like, mom, guess what? So-and-so sent me today. A pornographic video. Right. Like, no. Mm-hmm. Guess what? So-and-so's bullying me. No. Even the other day, I was kind of heartbroken for a quick second. My son came home and I was trying to like talk to him a little bit about the day. And my daughter, bless her little heart. She's just, you know, they're naive. They're young. They say whatever. Yeah. And she said something about like, oh, Kaden, that's you and I's secret. And I was like, you don't have secrets from mommy, do you? Yeah, right. <laughs> what and they were like uh yeah we do like both of them like laughed because they thought it was hysterical that I would think that they told me everything and I'm like you're eight and ten what are these secrets and my daughter goes oh I have everybody's secrets all my friends tell me all their secrets and I've got I'm keeping all their secrets safe and I was like what are these (laughs) secrets are these bad are these good and they just kind of looked at me like we don't tell you everything mom (gasps) and we never will Uh uh-huh and I'm thinking like with my son we had to have the talk, the birds and the bees, and talk about all of this stuff with him at the end of third grade because there were multiple children that in third grade had an iPhone. And I knew for a fact that they were not locked down. They had no restrictions. They had no nothing. One of those children has since given a talk about the birds and the bees to kids at school. And so I said, you have to control the rhetoric. You have to control when your kids hear this information. And I'm going to tell it to you. I don't care how young you are, because I already know that that kid who's your age, who talks a lot and runs his mouth, has been exposed to things. And I want to be the one to tell you about this and not him. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want you to get your knowledge from that kid. So we sat down and had the talk with him. And one of the books that we recommend after you've had the talk is good pictures, bad pictures. And I brought it so that you can like Snapchat and put or snapshot it Mm -hmm. and put it in your Instagram feed for your followers. It just dissects all of it. This is what a good picture is online. This is what a bad picture is like. And it breaks it down. And then not only that, it gives them an action plan, right? So like when you see it, you put, you know, shield your eyes, go find a parent. Like there's an actual like step-by-step call to action, call to action Mm -hmm. so that you're giving them the tools, right? 
so when uh this week when they came and like we have secrets from you olivia left the room and i was like do you remember that book i told i read with you was it anything in that book and he was like no mom (gasps) and i go do we need to reread that book? And he goes, no, that is burned in my brain. I don't need you to read me that book again. And I was like, you know, though, right? Like, that's not a secret that you keep from mommy. And he was like, I know, mom. But I've given him that tool, right? Of like recognizing that's like fire, like threat level midnight, five, like five alarm, five alarm. But here's the question. At what point do we introduce this type of book for someone who's listening to mom? Who's like, well, I don't know. I don't think my fourth grader has been exposed to it. Is this a book that we can just, I can just pull out tonight and say, here, Zach, let's have a nice read. We don't want to wait till it's too late. Cause like you said, you want to be the one to, I can't even imagine. I cannot even imagine having this talk, but you're right. We want to get ahead of it before it's exposed to them. When do you, suggest you bring out this book are we waiting or is it when you know for a fact your kid's friend has a device Device. yeah what's the book called again it's called good pictures bad pictures good pictures bad pictures you know everybody knows they they give their kids a little bit of information so i will preface it by saying the birds and the bees talk that we gave Mm -hmm. our child was from a christian standpoint Mm -hmm. the woman her name is mary flo ridley and she that's what she does for a living. She goes and speaks to parents about how to have the birds and the bees talks from a Christian standpoint. And not only that, what to divulge at each age, right? Right. So there's things that like, okay. as, as early as like one or two, you start talking about this and, you know, always using the correct terminology. And then as they're a little bit older, you can divulge a little bit more. And then as they get a little bit older, you can divulge a little bit more. We made sure that we had that talk based on the level that he was, I think he was nine. Oh gosh. Yeah. I was like eight and a half, nine, which is like blows my mind. Cause that's how old my daughter is now. Yep. And I'm sitting here going, okay. Have you, have you read the book to her yet? Not yet. Okay. But she needs it more than he does. Like, you know what I mean? They're girls are just so like, girls are so curious. They're so curious. Yes. Not only that, but they're inquisitive. Uh-huh. My son is so like, what yep. is seven? like mm-hmm. what did that kid do? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. one of somebody came, a parent called me to let me know that another incident had happened. And you got to make sure that your son, you know, he, and I asked him and he was like, what? They're calling that kid. What? I didn't hear it. I wasn't yeah. paying attention. I was playing football on the playground. Right. right. So you're like, okay, whatever. But, um, just, you never know when that's going to happen. So I just said, buy it now. It's like $8 on Amazon. Read the whole thing yourself, figure out how much of this you want to divulge okay. and figure out, okay, well, we'll just read the first 10 pages or we'll just, because it literally, it says the word porn. You define what porn is, right? And even in here, it says a picture of a child, like somebody with their shirt off, not appropriate. Like that's porn. Like you, we as adults think like hardcore, you know, videos, like don't, don't, I don't want to tell my kid that those exist. You don't have to baby steps back it up. If you'd look at the the definition of what pornographic content is, which, hello, why is everybody freaking out about cuties right now? And they're like, it's child pornography. It's child pornography. Mm-hmm. And people are over here going, no, it's not. It's She barely lifted her shirt. Look at the definition of porn. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is pornography, mm-hmm. right? So it doesn't have to be that like raunchy, what we as adults think of as porn, you know? Right. So I would just say, read the book. I read it to my child at eight and a half, but we had the talk first. Yeah. Cause you don't want to come at them with so much, so information, much information that it's overwhelming. And now they're like, wait, what? And they can't yeah. actually process it because yeah. you're giving them too much. So, yeah. Like, well, and that's, that's the Mary Flo Ridley. She is all about like giving them only what they can handle. And like, you know, when you're even talking about 
sex and the birds and the bees and stuff like that, their brain isn't thinking what your brain, you have the knowledge that they don't have. So mm-hmm. you're baselining. But the most impactful thing that she ever said was your youngest child in your household has all of the same knowledge as the oldest child in your household. And that goes for all homes. So if you have a friend over here who has, she's in first grade, second grade, and has a seventh seventh grade brother, eighth grade brother, high school age brother, that eight-year-old hears all the things that the high school kid says. Hears all the things, sees him with her with his, you know, with the his girlfriend. girlfriend yes. And they're holding hands and they're kissing and they're da-da-da-da. That child then has that subset of knowledge and then that child's hanging out with your child. So then they're going to start talking about the things that they're witnessing at home. And so it's not necessarily about what's going on in your home. It's giving your kids the tools to know when I start hearing these things, when I start seeing these things, because it's not an if. It's a win. Mm -hmm. I know how to handle it. My mom and dad have given me the tools. We've had these talks. And then the continuing to check in. Like I cannot stress this enough. Parents who just go, oh yeah, I had the talk with him like three years ago. Have you checked back in? You gave him a phone since then. Have you said, are you stressed? Are you feeling anxiety? And not to like fluctuate all over the place because I do kind of want to like nail down different ages and different devices and how they all, you know, see it differently because I know that there are people who have younger kids and they're like, this doesn't apply to me now. And in a minute, I'll get to why it does apply to you. Um, But just continuing to have those conversations with them and knowing that they don't even know what they don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. So in this documentary, and it's not just this documentary, I mean, before I've given all of our talks at school, I've talked with local psychiatrists, local law enforcement, local families who have been through this. There are these teens and tweens who don't know that what they're experiencing is anxiety and depression because they don't know any different. And so they just think, oh, this is what life for a tween is. Oh, this is for life what a teen is. And then when you go in, help them, free them from their prison, take it away, get them detoxed. I mean, they're going to be, it's going to be like a drug detox. They're not going to like it. They're going to go kicking and screaming. But then they later come back and go, I didn't know this is what life was supposed to feel like. This feels so good. I feel like a weight has been lifted off my shoulders. Um, and in our local area, I mean, we live in an affluent area, high education. These parents are well-educated. The kids are well-educated and there's, you know, we live in the Bible belt and there's Mm -hmm. a lot of good solid Christians. And so people kind of just assume everybody around here is on the same wavelength. Like Mm -hmm. we all have the same and it's, it's not true. And so when I went to speak with a local prominent psychiatrist here in our little bubble, they they literally call our town a A bubble, bubble. but it's not just our town. It's all the surrounding towns, right? So there's like a subset of like six or seven Mm -hmm. towns. She said in the last five years, my patients have completely shifted from adults to teens and tweens. And all of them, all of them are having anxiety and depression due to devices. In The Social Dilemma, they were saying in part of this documentary, and if you have not watched it, you need to. They said teenage girls out of 100,000 have been admitted to hospitals for depression, up to 62% for older teens, 190% for preteen girls. They say when it comes to social media, Gen X, these kids are the first, they have been the first to get on social media in middle school. So they have are literally coming into this with no education or no background of it. They're just hopping on the internet and kind of finding their way, right? Yeah. They I say um, with kids who have smartphones, they say interactions dropping rapidly. They say for every hospital admission, there's a family traumatized and horrified with what's actually happening to these kids. They say these services are causing them to kill themselves. They're they're killing us and they're actually 
causing people generally yeah. to kill themselves because not, of depression and anxiety. And I know people hear those statistics and they're like, oh, there's other things going on. No, the statistics actually show that they were directly related to devices, directly I believe related it. to all I of that. I believe it. And then the the crazy, if you look at the charts and the graphs and they have some of it in the childhood 2.0, they have some of it in child, uh, the social dilemma, just do a quick Google search. How exponentially those numbers have increased just since 2015. And if you look at the swing, all of a sudden smartphones became more easily accessible. They brought down the prices, they brought down- um, Or they were selling them refurbished. Were, yes. Yep. And all of a sudden, it was more prevalent that teens and tweens had the ability to have. And so- Almost all of them have them. And they literally, it was like, if you could see the spike and how it wasn't gradual, it was like, ching, like suicides and depression and anxiety. And it all just went through the roof. And they're sitting here going, you guys, we've been yelling at you, shouting from the rooftops. Why is nobody listening? And I just started realizing, I'm like, they, they don't, they don't know. They don't know. They don't know. Mm -hmm. They're getting advertisements for like yeah. Verizon and AT&T and it's so easy to own a smartphone, unlimited data, unlimited this, we'll give you whatever you want. Like family plans, plan. $2 a month. Yeah. yeah. And so these parents are going, oh, well, surely these companies wouldn't put our kids at risk. Like surely if they were advertising that this is a good thing. I always make the comparison of smoking, right? When smoking and cigarettes became a popular thing in like the fifties, they let children smoke. They let teenagers smoke and then they let adults smoke. And all of the campaign advertisements were like, it makes you feel great. It can heal. It can do this. It yeah. can do that. And then it was like, it took like 15 years, 20 years for them to see what it actually did. Lung cancer, all of these health ailments. And they're going, whoa, 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 just kidding. Like we thought it was really good, but it wasn't. And then they're still to this day trying to convince people like this many years later that it can kill you and they're making the decision. And so what I say is the generation that was just thrusted into it, right? They had it at their fingertips. They were children growing up with iPads, children growing up with nonstop devices, Xbox and video gaming and everything. Mm -hmm. They were the social experiment. Mm -hmm. They were the guinea pigs. And they, those, they are now adults themselves. Mm -hmm. Most of them are like, you know, having kids themselves. And they're looking at all of the statistics and data for like 20 years. They now have like 20 years of hardcore evidence going, whoops, just kidding. We change our minds. You guys, this is really bad. Pediatricians, like the American, what is it? The Association Academy of Pediatrics. They are now saying pediatricians, they want them to tell every parent who has had a child, do not let your child under the age of five touch a device. Do not let them look at your phone. Do not let them look at your iPad because it has nothing to do with the content at that age. At that age, their brain has not finished. They're, they're not developed enough to handle the speed at which the information is getting processed and it's causing learning disabilities. It's calling speech, causing speech impediments. Mm -hmm. It's causing all kinds of stuff. They're like, oh, kids aren't walking faster. Kids aren't speaking properly. Kids are going to speech therapy. Kids are having all of these learning. ADD, ADHD, the numbers have grown exponentially. Like you can go look at the data. They've grown exponentially since the normalization of iPads, tablets, iPhones. So that's why I say, and it, you know, laptops. So that's why I say it doesn't matter how old your kid is. You can have a baby, you can have a, you know, elementary, teen, tween, junior high, high school. All of the devices are affecting children in some way. This is so true. Cause how many parents, I did it when Zach was a kid, 
you know, when we were moving into this house, I threw on the iPad. It was, uh, what was it? The, um, there was a party in your tummy. So yummy. So yummy. Uh, <laughs> Gail Gabba Gabba. Yes. Yo yeah. Gabba Gabba. Yeah, yeah. Or um, we're riding in a ship. Yeah, or what my, is it? On my favorite rocket, rocket ship. Little Einsteins. Yeah. Little Einsteins. I love yeah. that show. Yeah. But yes, there are so many parents. My sister, she's got a three and a half year old and she has an almost two year old. Yeah. Same thing. When she's busy or she's got to do something, the only way she knows they will sit there yeah. for 20 minutes is, the iPad. is an iPad. Which is so sad because um, the other thing that I hear from parents is like, well, there's educational games. Mm-hmm. There's educational content. Yes, all of that exists. There's things that exist that they're trying to capitalize. How can we monetize this? How can we reach out? And so let's just back it up. Forget the devices. Forget the screens. Walk down the aisle at Target. Walk down the aisle of, oh, Toys R Us doesn't exist anymore. Oh, rip. Uh, Yes. Anyway, and how there are aisles, babies, it says zero to three months. Play with these toys. Six months to nine months. Play with these toys. 12 to 18 months, play with these toys. There's a reason they are created for their developmental stage of where their brain is, how their brain has developed up until now and, you know, where they're going next. And so they elevate. Now they've learned how to do this and this, just like now they've learned how to sit up. Now they've learned how to crawl. Their brain has to hit that step, that next level to get them to understand that. And so what you're essentially doing is giving them a device that was created for adults for the rapid, the rapid amount of information, how quickly it's coming at you, the flashing of the screens. Oh my gosh. Amazing book. It's called Glow Kids. They literally say the glow of the screen does something neurologically to their brain and it is affecting them in a negative way. Mm. And I, and I know like I've been there. I've, I've been the mom who you just need 10 minutes. You just need to take a shower. You just need, and I'm sitting here going, you, you guys like, find a different way. I'm sorry. Like, I don't want you to think that I don't know the struggle, right? Like I have kids Yeah, there. My son, I could put him in one spot and he would stay in that spot. My daughter, I would look two seconds later and she's scaling the staircase (laughs) on the opposite way. And my husband and I joke to this day, a day that we do not end up in the hospital with our daughter is a success, right? Because she's just Go, go, go. go. And like has no fear and no Mm -hmm. this and no that. Oh, sounds familiar. Yeah, I get that. Mm -hmm. You have to find another way. Okay, so let me ask you. Yeah. What do you give your daughter? If you have to do something for 20 minutes and you need her to just not kill herself. Yeah, no. What are you doing? Coloring, um, rainbow loom, lots bracelets. of exits. Yep. I joke that I raised my child, my children, like it's 1982, <laughs> which was the year I was born. Um, get outside. Uh huh. Go outside. Yes. Do not come back in this house. My parents used to literally lock the door and go, "Do not come yep. back until the lights come on. Do not come back until you've run around." And so I do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Go jump on that trampoline, that super expensive trampoline that we have that you guys haven't looked at in six months. Yeah. Go swing on the swings. Yep. Go ride your bike. Go ride your scooter. Go ride whatever. I have their gizmo watch. So they are, they have given, been com- given permission to ride in the circle around our neighborhood. They can go down the cul-de-sacs. They're not allowed to leave the neighborhood to cross our major street. But like, as long as you have your watches on, I trust you. Now call with in. the gizmo watches, not to cut yeah. you off. No, you're fine. You can call them mm-hmm. and they can call you. Yes. And that's all they can do, right? Um, and message. There's like a messaging app okay. that you have to download. But so the thing with the gizmo watch is we decide who they can contact and okay. who can contact them. There's 10 contacts that you can put on there. So like for them, they've got my mom, my dad, each other, and then like my nephew. You know what I mean? Right. Just like, and if somebody else has a gizmo watch, they can use the messaging app 
to message them, but like both parents have to set, like allow, the, like we have to set up. Yes, she can contact her. Yes, he can contact him. And you control the app on your phone. So you can see what they're talking about. Oh, like, this is very I similar to Facebook it. Messenger for the kids. I see all of it. Right. I don't see, no, I will say, I don't see what they type in their message, but I see they've called so-and-so. It lasted this long. It's got tracking on it. Right. So like they're, you know, when my mom has them, it's actually kind of funny. Because you're like, oh, where is my mom taking them now? A hundred percent. I've, see, I've looked it. and I've gone, they're at the ice cream shop for crying out or, loud. Or if your dad takes them to another pet smart and they come back with oh, two bearded dragons. Two bearded that's dragons. a whole nother show. I could do a oh. whole show about that one. But okay, because yeah, because the gizmo, now yeah. Ainsley's telling me she wants a gizmo. And I said, well, you'll just have to ask Santa for yeah. it. Totally. But if you're a, saying that's a safe one, it's safe. I trust you because yeah. I know you know your stuff. Yeah. But yeah. the gizmo is very popular. There are a couple of other, a couple of my friends want them for their children. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends is divorced and she's like, I want my child to have this because I want to know where yeah. my ex is taking my kid yeah. well, <laughs> on the weekends too. and that's a great way there you go um as long as it's turned on right like if he turns it off brr. yeah so yeah the thing about gizmo is it's only available through verizon but you do not have to have a contract with verizon so like i've told people they're like oh i'm on at&t all you're paying for is a phone line so you go and it's like i want to say it's 200 for the watch I okay to, i don't remember right and then each phone line is like don't quote me on this because my husband yeah, to set all of that up, but I think it's like fifteen dollars okay. a month or something like that. But you don't have to actually. It, it's it's only connected to our bill because we already have Verizon. Right. But you don't have to like you can go set it up and just pay Verizon for that one phone number. And that's such smart marketing on their part because yes. they know they are reaching more people. When you're like, well, this person has AT and T, this person has T Mobile, yes. this person has Sprint. Ugh, yeah. You know. And they're the only ones that have Gizmo, and no so other, smart. no other. Um, Carrier has anything like it. Ah. At what age do you think is appropriate to give a gizmo? Eight or nine? For sure. Because we're getting to a point now, I, I know you're there already, but with Zach, we're carpooling a lot more. Mm-hmm. Now he's starting to have yeah. sleepovers. And I do want to be able to, right, camps, that would be, that would have been great for this past summer, but for next summer. So it is good to know that you actually have access to your son. You're like, all right, I'm five minutes away. Don't think I've forgotten about you. Or they call you and they say, so-and-so's friend's mom forgot to get me. Yeah. That's happened many times. So I'll tell you why we ever even gotten in the first place. It was um, not last summer, but the summer before there was a child snatching. Do you remember that? The Mm -hmm. one in Fort Worth? Yes. And (gasps) they couldn't find this kid and it came from a normal neighborhood and it was like, they couldn't find it. And the only reason they found it is because the church staff like all went out all night long and it took them like two days to find it. And it was summertime. And I'm like, we literally just gotten out of school. It was in the middle of the day too. It It wasn't even dark. The mom was standing right Right there. there. Remember in the video of like, she's She's fighting, she's fighting the guy and he won. He was just Uh stronger. And so I was like, we have to, like, we have to do something and I will not buy our kid a phone. Like never, never. And there's all these parents that are like, I need to get a hold of my kid. I need it. I'm like, there's so many options. You're like team gizmo. Yes. Or a flip phone or gab wireless. Like there's so many devices and the relay phone, like the amount of new devices that are coming out all the time. It's like, I can't even keep up with that. Well, there's really no excuse, especially with the developments of all these new devices that are targeted to moms like us that are like, no, like Zach every day is like, I really want to get an iPad. I'm like thinking there's no way you're living in a pipe dream, kid. Yeah. Yeah. That is not how you don't even use my iPad. Yeah. Well, and it's other thing too. Um, you know, parents of let's like take it back to the teens and the tweens. Like, um, 
having a thousand dollar iPhone teaches them responsibility. <laughs> and you, Are they paying for it? But I'm also like, hey, guess what else teaches responsibility? Like mowing lawns, yes. babysitting the neighborhood's kids. That's like right. Dog sitting. Anything. Anything that has nothing to do with technology. I tell my kids, go pick up dog poop. Do you know that there are people around the neighborhood that pay dog poop companies to pick it up? If a sweet kid who's like 10 knocks on your door and says, will you give me 10 bucks if I pick up your dog poop? Of course I'd give that they kid. They would. I would I'd buy them that, the pooper scooper. Yeah. Like, so... You guys, to teach, to, to lean on these excuses of like, they're responsible. They've shown me that they can do it. They've shown me that they can be trusted. I'm trying to teach responsibility. Then you hear the, I'm trying to set them up for the real world, for reality. Okay, so tell me how having an entertainment technology, which is like Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, how does that prepare them for the real world? Because last I checked, every major company before they hire somebody is going directly to a person's social media account to see how they've presented themselves in the last few years. And if they see that that person is acting a fool, they do not hire them. So tell me how that actually prepares them for that. Also, like- let, let me remind everybody too, we are in the middle of cancel culture. Mm, so yeah. you say anything yeah. that upsets anybody, oh, yeah. they will go back and track your every digital footprint and Everything. make sure you are canceled. And can you imagine? That's without a doubt. Kids say like, Kids say dumb stuff all the time. All the time. I'm sitting here. I'm like, we raise our kids in a fantastic Christian home. They go to church with us. We do devotionals almost every day at the dinner table together. They go to a Christian school. school. Like, I'm doing everything. My husband and I, we model what a good Christian looks like. You know what I mean? We teach them loving people. Everybody's made in the image of God. Like, we've had these tough conversations about racism. Like, we're doing everything. Oh, right. you're not giving your kid the anti-racist <laughs> baby book, Jess? Come on. <laughs> But then at the end, but then we'll go somewhere and my son will say something so dumb or hurtful or mean. And you as a parent are like, are you listening to anything I'm saying? Are you watching? Like, have I ever talked to somebody like that? No. Do mom, do mom and dad ever behave like that? No. Because it's innate. Sin is innate. You're born sinful. You're born with this selfish mentality. And it's like, I, I do feel bad for these parents who like their kids do something really stupid and everyone's like, oh, that must be bad parenting. And you're like, mm, maybe some of it is. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe it is. Mm-hmm. But perhaps it's just a kid being a kid. And unfortunately, these kids have been dealt a raw deal because they're given responsibility that they should never be given in the first place. They're given something that used to be a tool and is no longer a tool. It's something that's actually controlling them. Right. And they have no control over it. And you're just going, must be a bad parent. And like I said, some instances it is. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, I mean, there are some parents that just don't care, and you know, whatever. And not my kid, and my mm-hmm. kid would never. And that must right. be your, you must be the problem. There's no way my kid's the problem. I get that. There are people that are like that, but there are genuinely good parents whose kids just make mistakes. Yeah. And and you really want that out there for the rest of the world? Like once it's out there, you can delete it all day, all yeah. all you want. Yeah. But it's still out there. It's circulating, it, and it will follow them. For the rest rest of their lives. lives. Yeah. For the rest of their lives. There are so many ways that now you, there's no way you can delete something that's gone out. Listen to any type of entertainment show. They'll say, uh, Justin Bieber just posted this, but then quickly deleted it. Well, someone screenshot it and it's already out there. So you got to make sure that like they know, and you know, you got to think twice before you put something out there because I learned this week with my hiding of the book and I don't regret that at all. Uh, but I learned really quick and I didn't delete it. That was nothing. I actually wanted it to get out there. But anyway, the point that I'm trying to tell you is that like I put it out there with with good intentions and it was taken 
and reflected in a negative way. And I got a lot of, of hate for it yeah. until I, you know, put it on a podcast. Jess, we are going to make this a two-parter. Okay. So let's recap the two books that okay. people need to get. And then we're going to come back on Tuesday okay. and we're going to pick up. So okay. what are the two books that people need to get for this weekend before okay. we reconvene on Tuesday? Okay. Well, I would say, honestly, if you're going to do anything, if there's one thing you're going to do, I'm going to say watch Childhood 2.0. Like watch Do that watch if you can movie. this weekend. Yes. Let me just say real quickly what the difference is between Childhood 2.0 and The Social Dilemma. Social Dilemma breaks it down on an organic physiological, sociological level, why you can't control your phone and why your control, phone is controlling you. And it shows the difference between how parents and adults can't even handle it. And then contrasts and shows you why kids can't handle it. Right. So that's just kind of like a, here's why you can't. So uh, childhood 2.0 is children. They interview teens, tweens from ages six through, you know, 19. And the documentary is them saying, I wish I didn't grow up with the internet. I wish that I didn't have social media. I wish that all the kids weren't allowed to use social media. We feel like we're in a prison. We feel like, but we're also not telling our parents. We're also, we can't tell them if our parents knew what we were going through, they'd be horrified. Out of they'd fear. be, mm-hmm. they'd yes. And like one of the sweet girls was like, I just would never do that to my mom. She'd be oh, so hurt. The trailer makes me cry. I just mean, watching the trailer. So anyway, do that. If you are like ready to jump into like having these tough conversations with your kid, that book is called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. The other book that I think is super relevant because like you got to go on a fact finding mission before you just like jump into like taking any actions. Right. Right. And so um, a good, an amazing Christian book to read, um, five conversations to have with your son. And then they have one, five conversations to have with your daughter. And it just kind of takes a look at like biologically the difference between a boy and a girl and like how they are adapting to the world around them, what's happening in them, like puberty and this and that, and what's going on in their brain and helps you, again, understand them, right? Because you got to understand right. what and you're you, dealing and you, with. You don't understand either mm-hmm. how different they are unless you have a boy and a girl, yeah, which we both do. Totally um, different. Everybody take advantage of capitalism. Get mm-hmm. your Amazon Prime books, <laughs> okay? And then we'll meet you back here Tuesday. Jess, well, I'll put this all in the show notes on how okay. people can connect with you but okay. uh, we will reconvene on Tuesday and have a great weekend don't be too stressed get your books watch your shows take a deep breath and also remember don't do nothing just because you can't do everything take a deep breath start somewhere right like I parents get really overwhelmed they're like I don't know what to do so I'm just not gonna do anything start by doing your research watch the movie read a book even if that's ready. it even if you even, just watch a little bit just of the, watch movie. the movie just watch childhood 2.0 I know that was a lot. I know it was a lot for me just to sit here and talk to Jessica, but she's so knowledgeable. This is what she does. This is what her husband does. This is what God has called her to do. So again, refer back to the show notes. Please share this podcast with every mama and every dad that you know that have kids, even if they don't have kids. I just think it's it's so important that we educate ourselves with what our kids are being exposed to. And uh, watch the videos and we will get back with you on Tuesday. Once again, thank you so much for listening. Feel free to rate my podcast and share it if you will. Lisa Page made me do it. Have a fantastic weekend. And again, we'll talk to you back here on Tuesday. Bye.